right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Here's our toll-free number. It is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Well, this was nothing but a circus. Uh, So the House Government uh, Oversight Committee and Accountability Committee, uh, led by James Comer, had their hearing today uh, on the issue of whether or not to hold Hunter Biden in contempt uh, because Hunter Biden did not comply with a congressional subpoena, kind of like what Steve Bannon didn't comply and Peter Navarro didn't comply and they were brought up on charges. And anyway, so he shows up with his lawyer, doesn't want to answer any questions afterwards. And it was just a show. And, and this was basically Hunter sticking his middle finger in the face of, of Congress with total, complete and an utter disdain and ris- disrespect Here's now where this is going to get interesting, and and this goes to the heart of Jim Jordan's uh, House Judiciary Committee investigation into the weaponization of our Department of Justice, our FBI, and whether or not these organizations are politicized. Because if if Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro would end up getting charged the way they have for contempt of Congress, well, why wouldn't Hunter Biden? Or do we have a two-tier justice system yet again? Remember, the the original David Weiss, now a special prosecutor, his original plan was to bring no charges against Hunter Biden. None. And then, of course, a bunch of whistleblowers came forward and they started telling uh, the truth about the investigation that was previously unknown. And then they had to go back to the drawing board. And then they came up with this really unique plan. And the plan was pretty simple that we will give Hunter a sweetheart deal. He'll get no jail time. And, you know, they'll even have a, a misdemeanor count on, on, his, on his gun violation, which doesn't usually happen. Uh, anyway, they bring this before a Delaware judge. They think this is the day Hunter's legal troubles go away once and for all and forever. And then the judge actually read the plea agreement, asked the, asked the defense attorneys if they've ever in their entire careers ever seen an agreement like this. And the answer was, uh, no, we really have never seen an agreement like this. Then why should we have one now? And that then resulted in real charges against Hunter. Now, when you get a subpoena from Congress, the process is simple and it works the same way every time for everybody. And that is you go in, you have a closed door uh, hearing with whatever committee it happens to be. And you're either going to plead the fifth on every question, or you're going to, you decide you're going to answer the questions. And if you decide to answer the questions, great, you know, then, then it's all on the record. A lot of the questions that would be asked behind closed doors are questions that cannot be asked in public. That's why that part of the process goes first. Now, very cleverly, perhaps maybe too cute by half, Hunter and his attorneys came up with the idea that, well, we'll just demand that any questioning of Hunter be made public. So James Comer, head of the oversight committee, said, sure, you want a public hearing? We'll give you a public hearing after your closed door deposition, uh, which was what the process calls for. Again, he's looking for special treatment. Then they try to go out there and then with their willing accomplices in the media mob, then they, they try to convince everybody that, oh, well, we, we offered to go before the public. They, they only want to do this behind closed doors when, in fact, Comer agreed to a public hearing. But after the deposition behind closed doors, again, you know, for, for smart reasons. 
Anyway, so Hunter goes there. It becomes a circus. It becomes a mob. Uh, Hunter didn't answer questions when when asked when he came out of the the. I, I guess he left during Marjorie Taylor Greene's questioning, and he can't handle a tough conservative woman. I think is what she said, something to that effect. Anyway, so he appears at the Capitol for the House hearing. Reporters screaming questions at him, including, uh, "What is your uh, what crack do you prefer?" Listen. You please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement. Okay. What crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Let me. What crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Nancy Mace, who sits on the Oversight Committee, uh, became the first House Republican to call for Hunter to be arrested and to be jailed. I mean, that that is exactly how Steve Bannon and, and Peter Navarro were treated. Why should why should Hunter be treated any differently? He should not. That should be there should be consistent application of our laws. Now, the person that's going to make that decision ultimately will be Merrick Garland. And I, I guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you. He's not going to pursue this chart, these charges the way they've been pursuing them with Navarro and, and Bannon. They're just not going to do it. Nancy May said that she branded Hunter as the epitome of white privilege uh, earlier today after President Joe Biden's son crashed the oversight committee hearing that is, you know, can rightly considering contempt charges because he didn't he didn't abide by the subpoena uh, against Hunter Biden. You're the epitome of white privilege. You come into the oversight committee spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. And then she actually said her words, not mine. You have no balls to come up here. And May said directly to Biden, who made a last minute appearance. I think that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now and go straight to jail, which is, again, the process that was unfolding with, you know, people uh, as it relates, I believe, to the January 6th committee. Now, he does have the right to go in there and not answer any questions. So that would be one way to handle it. They don't they just want to defy the subpoena altogether. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this is handled. Uh, James Comer, by the way, is now threatening to impeach Merrick Garland for presiding over this two tiered system of justice. And anyway, Comer is going to join us later in the program today, warned the attorney general Merrick Garland that if he doesn't hold Hunter to the same standard as Republicans who are held in contempt of Congress, then he should face impeachment. So now, now, now this does weigh heavily on, on the attorney general. Anyway, at the DOJ, that's Biden's weaponized DOJ, weaponized and politicized DOJ and, and politicized FBI. With respect, he said to Merrick Garland, look, we now know he's treated two Republicans that were held in contempt of Congress. Now he's going to have an opportunity to hold the same type of justice with a Democrat that disavowed a lawful subpoena. Asked if Garland would warrant impeachment if Hunter Biden was not treated the same as as Navarro, who was convicted of contempt of Congress in September. Com- Comer responded, I think so. And on Monday, the committee released the text of the resolution to hold Hunter in contempt of Congress for defying the subpoena to appear for that closed door deposition. So this is all getting interesting at frankly the right time, as far as I'm concerned. Look, we, we, we learned a lot yesterday. Um, I'll tell you who's doing the best work on this is our friend, John Solomon at just the news.com. And, you know, we learned, for example, that remember, remember we had heard about a special deal with Hunter's art and that Hunter would never know the, the people that were purchasing his art. 
Well, that turns out to be yet another lie. I mean, think about this. We were first lied to, oh, the Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. And then we had the 51 Intel officials that knew nothing about Hunter's laptop saying that it was likely Russian disinformation. We know that Tony Blinken Blinken helped put that whole, t- a whole lie together and get people that wanted Joe Biden to be president in the fall of 2020 to sign on to it. Anyway, and Joe Biden, remember, he said not once that I ever speak to my son, my brother or anybody for that matter about their foreign business dealings. And in fact, we know that he did. He did often. And we know there's an ethics agreement to govern Hunter Biden's art sales during the Biden presidency until we they now discovered that the art dealer in the middle of those sales revealed that there wasn't any ethics agreement, at least on him. Now, this guy is a renowned international art dealer. I'll leave him alone, not mention him, mention his name, but his galleries, you know, range from places like Berlin to New York. He's just the latest figure to blast a hole into the Biden White House narrative about the millions of dollars this first family has collected. And according to James Comer, this art dealer, you know, told Congress in a transcribed interview yesterday that the White House never communicated anything to him about any ethics requirements governing Hunter Biden's art sale and that much of the artwork that he sold on behalf of the first son went to two Democratic donors And then he testified under oath that he's never communicated with the White House. He didn't know anything about any ethics agreement. So that was another lie that the White House told the mob and the media and the American people with respect to the Biden family. You know, it's all part of their shady business practices. And Comer telling our friend John Solomon, you know, that this very thing and confirming it for us as well. Revelation came one night before the Republicans are, you know, whatever. And and Comer's committee released highlights of the art dealers transcribed interview and just the confirmed it. And the presidential appointee and donor, you know, that bought Hunter's artwork, it turns out one piece before she was appointed to a federal commission. This woman, Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali is her name. And, uh, you know, one after Kevin Morris, apparently remember Kevin Morris. You know, he's the the sugar daddy for Hunter. He's the guy that lent him money, lent him money so he could pay his back taxes. He's the guy that gave him money so that he can live in an extravagant lifestyle. Anyway, the number was estimated up to four point nine million dollars. And now we're finding out Coma revealed that this guy Morris, you know, and the uh, revealed Morris's assistance to Hunter was larger than previously known. Uh, because of the paint-by-numbers portraits of a, a crack addict uh, art collection. Anyway, he bought close to $900,000 worth of Hunter's paintings. I mean, that's a lot of money. Anyway, he bought at least one Hunter Biden painting for more than $47,500. Have you seen Hunter's paintings? I mean, I can't paint. I'm not an artist. But, uh, you know, uh, it would be basically portraits of a, you know, conservative not portraits of a crack addict. Anyway, this is the guy that loaned him more than $5 million since Joe Biden began running for president. Again, we're not being told the whole truth. We're not being told any bit of the truth at at any point. You know, it's pretty unbelievable. By the way, pretty sad story out of New York, my former state, 
parents livid last night. 2,000 of Joe Biden's illegal immigrants were relocated from the Floyd Bennett Field migrant shelter to a Brooklyn high school, which is now closed to students, and now they're back to online learning. The illegal immigrants transported from a temporary shelter at the inactive airfield to James Madison High School after weather reports indicated the shelter might be vulnerable to a storm that's uh, headed into New York on Tuesday night. I guess, you know, that's next week, I guess. The families sheltering at the high school were expected to leave the campus and return to Floyd Bennett Field by 5 a.m. on Wednesday. However, students at the school will attend classes virtually due to the school's conversion into a temporary shelter with the inclement weather. I mean, this is now our top priority. Illegal immigrants, you know, get, get treated first. By the way, we have a lot of Lloyd uh, Austin news, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin news. I mean, do you know that Joe Biden didn't know he had cancer until yesterday? Didn't know he was in ICU for days on end? What if we had an international incident? Where's our defense secretary? Has anyone seen or heard from him? He didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew that Austin had cancer. Nobody. And, you know, how do you ever trust these people? Do they not know the severity of not having a defense secretary in the dangerous world with, that we lived in? You know, what, did, what does China think about this? Russia think about this? What does Iran think about this? You know, because you can bet that China is Putin and President Xi and the mullahs in Iran. You know, they probably gleaned a lot of important information from the Biden administration by, by this one incident. You know, it's pretty unbelievable to me. And nobody's being held accountable. That, to me, should be a fireable offense. It's reckless. It's dangerous for the American people. It's dangerous for our national security. Frankly, even Newsweek got it right that he should resign over this. He didn't have to disclose his personal health information, but he could have said, I've got an operation. I'm in, I, there's a chance I'm in ICU, and if anything happens, you're going to be informed every step of the way of how this is going. I mean, I don't think people have to know every single detail about people's personal health. Anyway, but don't worry. They're throwing a big morale booster party for Biden's staff because of the internal conflicts that they have over Biden's public policy on Israel, which, by the way, is now slowly changing. This has to wind down. No, it doesn't have to wind down. It'll wind down when Israel wins its war. I got a great idea for you and your family. I wish I thought of this company. It's they're brilliant. Legacybox.com slash Hannity. If you go there now, you're going to get 50% off. They're going to send you a box. Now, what do you do with the box? You get every single photo, family photo you have. You get every negative that you can find. You get every reel-to-reel videotape. You get every VHS tape. You get every, you know, camcorder tape. You put it in the box. Maybe have the, your other family members do it as well. Go to the basement. Go to the attic. Go to the closets. You know, go to the garage. Find everything. Put it all in the box. They'll hand digitize everything. And your descendants will be able to see what you look like. In other words, your great, 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 great grandchildren will be able to know a lot about their family history. It's a brilliant idea. And personally, you may be able to hear voices from your past. Maybe you'd like to hear from grandma and grandpa again. Maybe you have them on tape. Or maybe you lost your mom and dad. You get to see and hear from them again and bring back memories. Anyway, it's a great idea. 50% off now. You'll get your originals back and they will preserve all of this in perpetuity. 
Just go to LegacyBox.com slash Hannity. That's LegacyBox.com slash Hannity. 